So have I mentioned to you lads before the um, the Irish TV institution that is the Late Late Toy Show? I, it's uh, yeah, maybe, but if, yeah, pretend you haven't. <laughs> well, it's I'm going to recommend it. it's going to be my recommendation because it was on on Friday, and you can watch it on the RTE player. Um, but it's basically uh, the chat show, sort of like the it's it's kind of a magazine chat show. So you might get the president of Ireland uh, on as a guest, followed by three of the remaining members of Westlife, that kind of thing. Like it's a real and then yeah. there'll be like a trad, uh, you know, music performance. It's a real it's a real interesting show. But every year around Christmas for the last sort of like 50 odd years, I think um, it becomes the late, late toy show. and uh, they fill the studio with like it's themed. So last year it was James and the Giant Peach, and this year it was um, the Lion King. And then they get Irish kids on to present little segments where they talk about their favourite toys, um, and then also do some singing and dancing and stuff. And this year, one of the people they had on it, well, two of the kids they had on it, was um, like a little DJ, uh, and his uh, brother was his hype man. <laughs> like really like 10 and 6 or something like little um and the the little so they did like a little dj set where um then you know other kids were dancing around in front of them and the little hype man was holding a sign saying clap and and then was like pumping the crowd up in sunglasses and stuff but the dj was doing this amazing like like he was basically gurning as if he was <laughs> like he was sort of chewing his own face off as if he'd he'd taken ecstasy uh because that's what he saw DJs doing. That's Ooh. amazing. Also, what better hype man in life than a six year old? Yeah, oh it was really good. <laughs> like at that perfect developmental boundary between the like acquisition of enthusiasm and reason yeah <laughs> oh it was so good they had matching t-shirts on and then afterwards they uh got given a, a big like a whole new load of like a new computer and you know st- equipment headphones and stuff and the little height man was like are you gonna take all this home to his brother it was really good Welcome, listener, to the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. Uh, this is episode 166, the best cars in game special, and I'm joined by <laughs> two contrasting uh, people this week. Uh, Dave Audi. Hello. Hi, Dave. <laughs> Hello. Uh, inventor of Audi, of course. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Bone and the Carbarian. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you the riddle of petrol. <laughs> it is this. Yeah. It goes into a car and makes it go very fast and powerfully. That's right, it's it petrol. Yeah. <laughs> Us Carbarians are a simple people. Focus. Matthew's mm. uh, <laughs> not certain about that one. <laughs> I was just trying to work out how, how, what Dave Aldi might think about <laughs> about Bone and the Garbarian. <laughs> but I'm not uh, quick-witted enough, not on this cold, frosty morning anyway. How do you feel about the, the reputation that your the drivers of your cars have, Dave? If you see an Audi, you're like, oh, no. Is that what this people think? Any, like, any, like, whenever someone cuts you up or is driving, like... Uh, oh. a f- a usually fool. one 
one sees an Audi in the same way as Alan Grant saw the T-Rex while uh, the Jeep containing the injured Ian Malcolm was being chased by it. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Well, this has been kept from me as the head of Audi. Um, I'm surrounded by yes-men, so, you know, that, that makes sense. Uh, also, uh, who is Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm? <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're two of the characters on uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Oh, right. Okay, thank you. Did you see the celebrities had to like go and stay in a travel lodge for the weekend in I'm a Celebrity? I don't keep up with the celebrities. What have they done this time? Well, it's not. It's because got too currently, cold for them, right? Yeah, well, c- currently it's taking place in a castle in uh, Wales, um, and because uh, we had a storm, had a big storm this weekend. It had a weird name. What was it? It's like Storm Alma or something. Elrond. Yeah, Storm Elrond. Um, <laughs> came in this weekend and it got too stormy and like, I think cut off power in the castle and stuff. There was trees falling over everywhere. So they had to evac the uh, uh, celebs. So it's too much survival for their survival program, was it? Yeah. <laughs> rubbish. What a Imagine load of rubbish. Though. Yeah. But if you... <laughs> do they still do the, uh, it's not still jungle themed. They're not pretending they're in a jungle, even though they're in a castle in Wales. I'm not entirely sure. If I'm honest, what are the bush tucker trials? Do they I still thought... just wolf down loads of bollocks? <laughs> I... <laughs> Figuratively and literally. Um, I, I'm not sure. I saw one challenge where they were having to, like, David Ginola was getting showered in water and, like, had to scoop up the water from the little cage he was in, give it in a bucket to someone else who had to run up to the top and then refill. The shower above David Ginola. I it was to win a biscuit. I don't know. <laughs> I heard that Richard Madeley ate a load of bugs and lost his mind. <laughs> He's not in it anymore. I think he had to yeah. either. Just in his daily life. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know if he was in. Uh, I'm a celebrity. <laughs> That's just something that happened. <laughs> Quicksand <laughs> nearly got me as as a child. Um, Really? No, that's, it's not that's even good. real. <laughs> that's. <laughs> have you not seen that clip of him doing the most partridge ever, where they're doing a segment about uh, beaches, and he says, "Oh, look, look at that thing! Oh, what a lovely beach! Nice sand. Nah, quicksand." <laughs> oh, okay. I need to see that. Yeah, I'll link that in the show notes. That's really good. Um, I was going to ask you how you both are on this fine day. Uh. How are we doing? It's, it's, it's as at time of recording, we're about to go into December. And when it goes mm. out, it will be December. So. Well, I've got a bit of wet news for you, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, so, Ashley, my, my lovely wife, has decided to make me an advent calendar with its own name. She's called it. <laughs> You will get wet, and it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's made it out of three cardboard boxes. Uh, you know those wine holders. Oh yeah, um, with like six partitions. So she's she's put those inside three cardboard boxes, taped them together, and there's a different wet in each socket. Um, okay. <laughs> so every day I'll have a new delicious soft drink to try, and I think that's lovely. Uh, so that's, you, you'll you'll get wet. Uh, I'm th- thinking of putting little reviews on Twitter. So, do you think it's going to be exotic soft drinks or you know the common varieties? Uh, so apparently, there was a big Amazon order arrived yesterday. Uh, so I think there's some weirdo ones, uh, but also some sort of regular, nice regular bepices and things. Oh la la. Yeah, you're 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 into that, aren't you, Matthew? Yeah, I'd be. I yeah, I kind of feel slightly bitter now that Catherine isn't doing a similar thing for me. <laughs> hmm. I'll share, <laughs> share the results with you so you can. Feel about that. You'll get sweats <laughs> in real time. Oh, that I've, reminds uh... me. Sorry, but that that reminds me of um, one type. So a few years ago, before I had gut surgery, I couldn't eat anything apart from milkshakes medical milkshakes but at the time in the office I was working at uh we were doing in our little um in our group 
we did like an advent calendar swap. So you would had to buy an advent calendar for someone else. Um, and because I couldn't eat anything, uh, Craig, who had me, made me an advent calendar where he bought like a little Lego Batman set and then put a different bit in each day. So I got to build a little Lego Batman skidoo with some uh, penguins with dynamite strapped to them. It was oh, very that's sweet. good. Is this Lego yeah. Batman as in the, um, what's his name, guy off Arrested Development who did the funny film for them? No, it was before that film, so it was just a regular Lego Batman. Uh, an we, inanimate Batman. That's it. It, it, was, we, it wasn't, it wasn't possessed by the soul of Will yeah. Arnett. Because <laughs> that would be an amazing Secret Santa gift. That would be so good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would. I overspent. I did overspend. Uh and I had to do a few rituals. Um, He's really into games, Will Arnett. Is he? Yeah. yeah that's cool. I like well, Will Arnett. It, it came out over the weekend uh, with the very sad passing of musical legend Stephen uh, Sondheim. Oh, yeah, um, God. That he's a, he was a gamer. Stephen Sondheim um, was a gamer? Yeah, apparently, because well, he was he's like he was super into like crosswords and puzzles and riddles. He's like a, you know, word brain guy. Mm. Um, and what's the greatest riddle of them all except Call of Duty Warzone? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was uh, he was one of the top ten Fortnite players. It turns out, uh, which is amazing. <laughs> no, he was like uh, really into Mist. Um, not that we'll hold that against him. Um, yeah, Ro- Ronan Farrow s- uh, tweeted that he used to play Mist with Stephen Sondheim, and I thought, wow. wow, what a what a what a thing. That's what a world really to cool. live in. Mm. Yeah. Now I'm just sad that we never got a Sondheim musical based on a popular video game franchise. Yeah. I think it's fair to say he'll be missed. Well, yeah. He will. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry oh, for that one. Yikes. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Th- oh, my God. Genuinely was a phenomenal talent. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> What a oh. Satan of a joke, come. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, Matthew, how are you? Have you got any? Well, updates? apart from things a bit sad about Stephen Sondheim, which generally yeah. uh, was was a, was a bit of a shocker. Um, well, not really. He's ninety-one. I guess. He's quite so old, he's yeah. But... Surprise. Uh, yeah, absolutely fine. Uh, I'm afraid the rivalry hasn't really gone anywhere this week. Uh, uh, Tom Dean still yeah. parked his car. Uh, it's very frosted over, and I wonder if, like. Oh, I don't really know I'm going with that. Because <laughs> he abandoned it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a real mystery. Um there's something just very sort of passive aggressive about parking there when he doesn't live on our street. Um so that's still maybe uh, me. maybe he listens to the podcast and he's like a oh, a he mate head instead of a juggalo. Like, like to be an Olympian, you basically you're either asleep or you're doing the thing that you're an Olympian at. So <laughs> swimming. That's their training regime. He gets up and he slips straight into the... It's like Wallace and Gromit. He's got one of those machines. just drops him into a swimming pool. And then he's off. (laughs) Uh. Actually, Alice, you did raise a peripheral good point there. Can I just task the listeners with coming up with um, like what we call... Like, my violent superfans, if if Matthews are the Chuggalos. Thank you. Okay, yeah. And also, uh, thank you to Bjorn from the um, Discord group uh, who did solve the mystery of why uh, blue raspberry is blue, uh, which is uh, partly, uh, Bjorn linked a a good investigative article, and it's partly possibly due due to a type of red uh, food dye being banned in America. and partly because, yeah, there were already red flavours like cherry and so on. Um, so, yeah, quite interesting. I'll link that in the show notes. If you'd ever wondered why raspberry is blue in a slushie. Huh. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I think, was impressed with that, yeah. I think it has to be something quite exotic because I think raspberries are harder sell than the other fruit. Like, it's not as appealing. It's one of the least appealing berries. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm actually with Matthew completely on this one. I think they're absolute Garfield. Really? <laughs> right. I like her. Okay, what's what's the most appealing berry? Cherries. Uh, I love a strawberry. Oh. Interesting. Does a grape count as a weird berry? 
No. <laughs> okay. It's a grape. Yeah, yeah, okay. Actually, I did get really quite cross about grapefruits this morning. Because, I mean, it's, you know, this is very weak observational humour, but it does... <laughs> oh, good. It does bear saying that, like, yeah. we already have a fruit called a grape. Yeah. And a grape is self-evidently a fruit. So it seems really odd to have a fruit that's nothing like a grape called the grapefruit as if it was a fruit that most resembled famous non-fruit item, the grape. Oh, my God. I didn't I'm know sure there's I'd, a good uh, historical suggestion, but it just bugs me. I didn't realise I'd just tuned in to Seinfeld's new Netflix special. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's fair, actually. I'll take that. Oh, but do you know What's what the, the French deal? is? <laughs> What's the deal with grapefruit? That's the name of the special. <laughs> do you know what the French is for grapefruit? It's one of the best French words. Oh, it's not the pa- papal something moose. Pomplemousse, yeah. Pomplemousse. Yeah. Oui. Well, in a- Italian, of course, it's Pompelmo, which I imagine is being like a really sort of flamboyant World War II fighter pilot who bellows his own name while sweeping <laughs> into a party through a window. Like Jason Derulo. <laughs> yes. But when you make a... The English language biopic of him, it's undermined by the fact that he yells grapefruit every time he swishes <laughs> in through the window. Grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, here he comes, old Captain Grapefruit. <laughs> uh, and the uh, the English language uh, remake of that would also it'd probably swap like a cool uh, Italian plane for like a mini, you know? Uh, mm. Just to get that kind of. Oh, uh, right. UK. Oh, don't. <laughs> oh. I hadn't even stopped. What a segue. And what's a segue if not a vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about cars this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get no respect. (laughs) 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 This week, in honor of um, that new car game, it's Forza. Which Forza is it, Matthew? Are we five? Forza Horizon 5. God. It's Forza Gamers. (laughs) First of all, are we all agreed that we're just going to say Forza and not get into any discussion about whether you should say Forza or whatever some people do? Yeah, we're not Pompelmo. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fine. Um, uh, and then, yeah, second of all, Matthew, you played Forza Horizon 5, did you not? Yes. Is it good? <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I sort of... I should have probably flagged this before we chose this as an episode topic, but I'm quite bad at talking about cars because I know nothing about cars. Uh, <laughs> no, well, that's but, why I thought because I was like, none of us know anything about cars, so this will end up oh, being okay. quite so three, three idiots tackling it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Can either of you two drive? Yeah. Oh, I can't. Can you, Matthew? Yeah, though I failed my driving test nine times. Nine? Yeah. <laughs> How? Well, well, I you just failed. Uh, to... <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah, I, I think I failed for every different way you can possibly fail. Um, Did you run over an old lady? What did you well, do? no, because that would have been one failure. <laughs> that wouldn't have been. That wouldn't have been nine. <laughs> that's that's one major. <laughs> that's one major. Um, yeah, I just kept failing, uh, but I eventually passed. But then I haven't really driven since because in my head I keep thinking that only one in ten people think I should be driving. Uh, <laughs> so that's my curse. <laughs> So is the vibe of this episode, are we going for, like, if the cast of Top Gear exchanged all of their vehicle knowledge for decency? (laughs) Yeah, fine. (laughs) Excellent. We should have a fictional challenge going during the episode where we're, like, trying to get to Scotland in a bath with a scooter engine on it or something. (laughs) (laughs) I just... When I uh, the test I eventually passed, 
the last thing my driving instructor said to me as we got out of the car, he turned to me and went, if you pass this, it'll be the biggest fluke in history. (laughs) (laughs) What a lord. (laughs) Yeah. So so did you you learn um, manual? Uh, Yeah. Stick shift. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I don't in games. I'm not hardcore enough to do manual shifting in racing yeah. games because that yeah. just feels like too much of the real world. Um, I learned I learned to drive manual because because if you can drive a manual car, you can drive an automatic, but you not vice versa. So it's just yeah kind of easier. And also, I'm, you feel really cool if you go from like um like second to third. You just you can just like push straight forwards. It's quite cool. I that's just my think... that's my favorite gear change, second to third. Oh really? Yeah. I'm just very I'm very uh, envious of automatics because I just think you just freeze up one of your feet for a little bit of fun, doesn't it? You know, like tapping along yeah. to the radio and that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> um, so I just don't know why you'd go manual if you could go automatic because. It's just so much easier. You've got so much less to worry about. It's more like a video game. Yeah, no, no that's fair. That's true. Um, um, still, nine times is a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. It annoys <laughs> Catherine because it means I'm like permanently a passenger because I don't like to drive. Um, but I, I argue that I'm a, I'm like the best passenger there is because I'm like really on top of the digital radio, like skipping bad tracks, skipping adverts. There's just music all the time. I'll find you the best song at any given time. Um, you know, I provide a real service. I'm like a medieval peasant to drive with because I've got like no instinct at all for when another car is going to hit us. She just constantly shrieking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get really frightened. I'll just be like, watch out! And there'll be a car just, like, waiting at a T-junction that I'm convinced is just going to slam into us oh, like an angry yeah. rhino. I, um, I I, feel like you don't have the right to comment on the driver unless you can drive. But it's yeah. it's, 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 it's in no way a criticism of the driver. It's I've got just a feverish distrust of other motorists. Oh, right. So, yeah, I'm convinced they're going to end their lives at any second. Well, if the other motorist is Matthew, sure. Oh, yeah. So, but, sorry, I can't get away from this. Which of us is reverse Clarkson? Um, I think me, I've got big James May energy. I was going to say, you're Captain Slow. Ha, 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 ha. Which I one guess... of us has to be... I, oh. think, I think you're actually the Clarkson. Nate. Nate. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm... But no, Alice is the Hammond. I'm Richard Hammond in my little bead, circa 2005, my little beady necklace and my, you know, heat, weirdest, fancy awards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, makes... that tracks. Okay. <laughs> it's all <always> okay. <laughs> um, well, anyway. Um... <laughs> but yeah, yes, Forza Horizon 5. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there it's... Was a... Go for it. I, I was going to say there was a little bit of kerfuffle. Um, because the, it got a, I say kerfuffle, some people complained on Twitter because it got nominated for a couple of awards, Forza Horizon 5, at the, the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. It didn't get nominated for Best Game. Whoa. I know, yeah. And people were like, this just shows that the industry is controlled by certain people oh, that have, uh, you know, poor so te- one, or the same taste. One, like, pr- proper out there like xbox journo wrote some mad thing saying like this shames the industry um which is just bonkers it was basically an xbox person feeling like there's some huge anti-xbox bias or something which is just mad i don't Um, know it just seemed weird to me that people saying i can't believe forza horizon got snubbed by the game awards i mean uh at uh, the game awards where it did get nominated for like three awards or something yeah okay that's yeah that is that is daft i i think the thing it was maybe tapping into is that like no matter how good a driving game you make or racing game um it does feel like it's like super niche it never they never seem to break into the mainstream and what is interesting about forza horizon 5 is it kind of i think it kind of has done that like it yeah 
it, it is the all-encompassing. It's like if you don't like racing games, if there is anyone you are going to enjoy, it is probably Forza Horizon um, or Mario Kart. Well, <laughs> um, I yeah, I thought the the main reason really that it didn't get nominated for best game is probably because it only came out five minutes before the nominations yeah. were announced. Most people hadn't played it yet. Yeah, I think, I think that's that really was, the that main was probably reason. It. Also, why? Um, like, as if the game awards matter. I, I know. The, the <laughs> only thing, thing that matters is the RPS advent calendar. We all yeah. know this. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, um, just a little heads up for the Discord crew. I've been doing the image for the RPS advent calendar this year, and the um, the first draft I sent to Alice, and she very reasonably pointed out, one, could it look like it has something to do with Christmas? <laughs> and two... I'm not sure our general readership all know who the Alabaster Titan is. So, as a special treat for the Discord, I will post the first draft artwork in the Discord. I was like, like, could maybe the pile of, like, CRT televisions be a pile of presents? (laughs) Basically, it's tights in this sort of horrific Soviet industrial complex, just hammering a load of old tellies on an outdoor. (laughs) <laughs> well, Horace looks on with a sort of an expression of cosmic worry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> very festive. Let's talk about let's talk about Sakat. So, d- is Forza Horizon Five very good, Matthew? Yeah, I, I really like it. Uh, I think it scales really well from something quite arcade and silly, where you can get like the world's most expensive sports car and basically drive it off road and leap it yeah. off hills, and it gives you mad points for like. I think it calls it like a kangaroo when you jump a car off something. So it's like saying kangaroo, kangaroo. Um, but at the same time, you can sort of scale back all the driving assists and, and sort of ramp up the physics. So it, it it's never going to be like a simulation, like the main line Forza games uh, or like a Gran Turismo or something. But it, mm. it, it has a lot more kind of um, like scale to it in terms of it can be both things. So if you just want to throw the most expensive cars in the world off cliffs and take photos of them, you can do that. But if you want to kind of, I don't know, treat it a bit more seriously, you can kind of edge towards that. Um, it's also just a, a, a really, like, just incredible looking game. Like a, a real kind of next gen, not that that means anything yeah. in PC land, but um, it famously, the series opens with these, like prologue drives or introductory drives, I think they're called, mm. where it basically, it, it's like this very scripted, like 10 minute sequence where you race kind of four of the most spectacular stretches in the ga- of the game in like the four best cars. And in this one, the kind of gimmick was they're all being dropped out of a plane. It's like real fast and furious stuff. So like, it's like incredibly expensive sports car getting dropped out of a plane on top of a volcano and then you drive down the volcano and it's just like whatever you think about the rest of it, I think it is probably the best way of like opening your game because it's just this is the best car in the best place and you get to see it like on second one. I think it's so cool. Like I, I, I'm really, really like taken with it. Is this like the Hitman 3 of racing games? Uh, <laughs> is it? Uh, I'm hoping you know what I mean there. Ah, uh, can you ex- expand on that? <laughs> yeah, so like Hitman is Hitman 3 is a game I love in spite of it being like an open uh, an openish stealth immersive sim about like shooting people and being suave and stuff because the comed- the sort of the comedy fun <sighs> Okay, it's meant to be quite serious and James Bondish, but the the vibe of it in practice is wildly different and very sort of knockabout silly fun, right. which I like. <clears throat> I'm capable of having a laugh with Hitman, despite right. the game's uh, protagonist being the least definition of a laugh possible. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say, because I, I think Horizon goes for this uh, slightly irritating sort of I don't, I don't know even if it is top geary it maybe once was top geary but it's 
the whole the horizon itself is this like driving festival which sets up in in different parts of the world in the different games and you are like the star driver of this festival and the whole thing is this sort of absurd celebration of you so like every time you achieve anything you win a race or you break a speed limit or something it's kind of like yeah you've done it you know you're the best racer in the world and some people really bump off that so it has got quite a it's trying to be fun and and i think it's maybe fun on uh, maybe not on the game's terms you know in that it, it's trying to kind of pump you up and it's like the party never stops but actually that isn't like my vibe <laughs> i mean i don't think you've ever heard someone less convincingly say the words the party never stops as i did just then <laughs> uh you could tell like the grimace on my face that like I honestly think it feels like cultural appropriation for me to say things like that, like f- because I am just not a fun person like that. <laughs> like people are like, oh no, no, all the parties have to stop now because you said that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> there can uh, be no more parties. So it's yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's sort of funny. Like I think tonally, it's not a very RPS game based on like the comments under the review, which was just a load of people going, mm, it keeps, you know, it's very loud. You know, I think the, the readers <laughs> of RPS are more like the people who live next door to the Horizon Festival and are like, Shh, they're like, like, it's past 10. You know, they're like <laughs> complaining about Glastonbury. <laughs> um, <laughs> where if you can get past that slightly obnoxious layer, it's just... Uh, it's so flexible and it's so accessible and it so wants you to have fun and do basically whatever you want. Um, that's what I really love about it. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's nice. It's, I might give fun. it a go. I, yeah. I, 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 there's a, like, I think if you are into your cars, the other thing is it's got like 500 cars and they range from like the most sort of expensive hyper cars known to man all the way down to like, the kind of old bangers that you maybe learn to drive in, you know, in the nineties or something. And the whole idea is that whatever you, you can basically bring any car into any race and then it will fill that race with that car. So it's not like it will be, you know, your old Ford Fiesta versus a sort of F1 car or something. Um, so you can kind of indulge your fantasy of driving like a car that you love in like in a really amazing location if if that appeals to you which it does mm. some people like some people just play it to drive like their old family people carrier like up a volcano <laughs> the way i am with cars is the same way i am with birds in that we're terrified of... that you're going to have a head-on collision yeah exactly. <laughs> i don't trust any of them um <laughs> Like, I quite often say, unfairly, uh, or rather, it sounds really harsh, that I think birds are really boring. And that's... <laughs> you I know, mean, for a guy who likes fish, give me a break. <laughs> well, no, you're wrong, Matthew, and I'll explain why. It's because, like, yeah, birds are fine, but 90% of them are nearly identical. Like, they're just an oval... That sits on a stick, going. Yeah, and yeah, also misses around the sky place. in spectacular fashion. All fishes are is basically an oval. They don't even move far. They just sit in a tank and occasionally open and close their mouths. No, but there's loads of weird, like mashed up sorts of fish, and but the they thing don't make is, noises. The birds I like are stuff like flamingos and owls, which are weird. They're good. I like a weird bird. And it's the same with cars. It, this is this is where I get to the point. <laughs> right. That like 90% of cars are just, well, they're a car shape and they go vroom. Whereas yeah. I like things like, you know, those massive house-sized dump trucks from Western Australia or like, you know, those land speed record cars. Like odd, odd things. Well, it, like does have, it does have odd things in it. Can you drive a big like mining truck from I, Western Australia? I don't Australia? think you can drive a big mining truck. Uh, you can drive a parade float. There you go. Okay. No, 
yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's but I joke. don't know. I don't think you can drive a. I don't think it's got like buses and things like that in. Um, mainline Forza does. You can do truck racing in Forza Motorsports. Um, yeah, like it's got some novelty cars. It's got like the the three wheeled car from um, Only Fools and Horses. That kind of stuff. Um, Reliant Robin, isn't it? The Reliant Robin, that's the one. I'm, like I say, I'm not, not good with car names. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. Like on the selector car screen, I often, like 90% of what's on there, I just think, it, you know, if it wasn't for the color difference, this could be the same car. Um, but they do all handle slightly differently. But, you, you know, you get some mad. It's the mad sort of hypercars that just explode and, you know, fly off. You get a DeLorean, that's in there. Does it time travel, or is it the real world one? Uh, it doesn't time travel. It's probably an achievement for driving it at, at eighty-eight at miles, eight an hour, miles an hour. Yeah, well, it's ghastly inevitability to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Car I like big, yeah. um, big purple round, shiny tanks off of Halo. Purely because of the, your bird comment made me realise, Matthew, the noises they make. The reason I know this is uh, we recently got an E Nero, which is an electric car, and when it's driving slowly, it makes the same noises as the Wraith tank off Halo, and it's brilliant because, like, if I get out of the car to help Ashley reverse into a tight parking spot, I instantly have like the instinct to just mash the B button, <laughs> leap onto the car and slam a grenade through the bonnet because there's a slow moving object going <laughs> I I was gonna uh, say the Warthog in Halo is one of my favourite cars in games because it's, I just like, I love the kind of the instant sense of camaraderie it, it it gives me you it's again the horse really isn't it well i mean if if the horse had a sort of mounted machine gun on on his ass and and, and your that mate was god's could... only mistake yeah <laughs> <laughs> imagine if every horse had a gun on it <laughs> that would that would really make olympic you know show jumping have a different tone wouldn't it if they were well, it would allow the horses some much-needed revenge as well. Mm. But no, I I just love you know, playing Halo with a mate co-op, and you know one of you jumps in the front and the other you know gets on the gun in the back. It's just a, it was a really nice kind of um, I don't know. It's just something that always makes me feel you know like a kind of ah uh, friends kind of feeling. I know exactly I really like what it. you mean, but yeah. There's never a bad time with a warthog. Yeah, exactly. I like it when a stranger comes up and honks the horn as if to say, like, get in. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. And then they drive into like a canyon and explode. <laughs> and you're like, cheers, <laughs> you honking idiot. Yeah, so I really like the warthog. I think it's great. Um, well, the first time I ever played Halo uh, in my teens, I was desperately high and thought it was called the Walnut. Yeah, well, do love the idea of a military vehicle called the Walnut. That stayed with me. <laughs> there's um <laughs> in the new Halo, there's uh all these new gadgets and things like a grappling hook and um there's a uh, you've got this sort of thing that I think it's called a pro- a propulse a propul- a repulsor maybe and it shoots out like a, a big sort of shield of energy that uh, can sort of throw grenades back into people's faces and stuff um but i've seen uh videos of people they sort of they fire it as they're jumping into a warthog from behind and it like pushes the warthog like forward so that they're already going super fast and then they just basically like fly across the map that's quite cool i like that stuff <laughs> yeah a rocket jump for the 21st century yeah but for a car. <laughs> yes. um, I also really like the car in Mad Max. Mad Max, the classic 7 out of 10. Like the... is, that the, is that the car that comes with like a, a golem on it? He's not always on it. He's the mechanic whose name I can't remember, but he's your little golem that helps you. But I like the car because you sort of build it and upgrade it yourself. So it's like it's like a car of Theseus. 
you know you give it a new engine and and you know new spikes and, and wheels and stuff it comes with a dog that can smell mines um but your your golem is not always but sometimes there is your golem hanging out of the back of it that's, yeah. that's all but the dog can smell nothing but mines yeah <laughs> oh. mine <laughs> but yeah i really like that i think you get a nice kind of feeling of ownership of it in a way that you don't with a car that you just, you know, you headbutt the driver and, and steal it in like your GTAs. Uh, so I'm a big fan of that. Um, also, this is not technically a car, but I did want to mention the game Driver San Francisco. <laughs> which well, that's got cars in it. It's got cars in it. Well, it's a driving game, but it's, the premise of it is amazing. <laughs> So what is the premise? I've never so, come across this. So it's a sequel to a game called Driver, and you play. Oh God, isn't it? He's like FBI FBI agent Stephen Lawman or I mean, something. He was always something called stupid. Tanner before. There you go. Um, I don't know if he still is Tanner in that one. He yeah, it's a direct continuation, I think. And uh, Tanner has just kidnapped, you know, some sort of crime. Kidnapped, arrested a crime guy a car crime man who in the at the start of driver san francisco escapes and tanner is chasing him down and tanner uh gets hit he's in a car crash and is in a coma um but Mm. (laughs) while he's in a coma discovers he has the ability to like possess anyone driving a car (laughs) oh wow okay yeah this is a premise and a half so you can just like ghost shift into any car whatsoever, and then if you <laughs> if there's someone in the car with this person, they'll just they'll start saying things like, "Oh my God, Jerry, what's wrong? You're driving like a man possessed." Look, look straight down the camera, and and you like save other people, but it's one of those games where like every problem must be one that can be solved by a car. It's you know it's like oh someone's been kidnapped and they're in the boot of that car crash into that car so the boot open you know like <sighs> it's very 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 funny when all you have is a car every problem looks like a ramp exactly that's what they <laughs> From say like 2011 or something. there was a sort of similar mechanic they introduced in Watch Dogs Two. Where, because you can hack any electronic device, you can hack smart cars, and you can be driving your car and driving another car with your mobile phone at the same time. Oh, yeah. And you could use that to kind of set up traps where, you know, if you saw an intersection coming up and you were chasing someone, you could make a bus drive across and smash yeah. into them. And, you know, that's proper. That's proper film stuff. It was. That was good. Like, like it... James Bond does that in, uh, which one is it? There's one of them where he's got a remote control car and he's being all smug. Oh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Classic. That's a great scene in the car park. And then he drives it off the top of the car park and it smashes through the window of a rental car place and, you know, I don't know, wiggles his eyebrows a bit or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that you know his kind of deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I also quite like the uh I, I like the future cars in Cyberpunk. I thought they were they were quite cool because they designed all these mad cars and you know s- some of them are just like today's cars with you know extra bits of neon on them or whatever. Um but they had some quite like they had these really dinky sort of t- tiny little cars which were oh, basically yeah. just like a a seat and a wheel. Um, like they were one seat. They didn't have a passenger seat. It was like a one man, dr- like basically drive this seat around town, um, which I really liked and used to ding around in that quite a bit. Yeah, I like the four befores that kind of look like a shoebox. Mm. Big, huge, square things. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. Uh, have you got any, any other favorite cars? Bonin? <laughs> My noble steed. Um, <clears throat> I've been spending the last 10 minutes, <clears throat> sorry, frog in my throat, trying to remember what the the one I really liked in GTA San Andreas was. Because I've got to say, actually, I did learn 
to tell the cars apart in that, you know, looking at little differences in handling and stuff. That's probably the only game I can ever think of involving cars that I played for long enough to develop a real intuition for the different vehicles. I'm going to say, even though this is the second vehicle I favorited that isn't a car, I really like the superbikes in that because basically when I got in anything, I would make it go as quickly as possible into oncoming traffic and superbikes were fun because even if you just slammed forwards, they were very skinny and would probably slide between oncoming cars, making you feel like a god for a bit. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that was good. It does, that sounds good. Um, um, I, I, think a super, I think a super bike counts. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow it. <laughs> I was never very good at. I would just get in whatever car came past. Although I did like in um, uh, Saints Row where you could design what kind of cars your gang would turn up in or like tool around in, and you could make disgusting monstrosities of like just horrible color combinations tinted windows you know oh did stuff. you ever play rock and roll racing <laughs> no i know no. oh me and um rps regular freelancer nick rubin have got a deep love of rock and roll racing um and isn't isn't it like an incredibly early blizzard game as well Ooh, i don't know I'm not sure um yeah no anyway it was yeah very 16 bit era prime minister um, but it had some great digitized 40-second loops of classic hard rock tracks <laughs> and uh, cars that could shoot a variety of weapons. Lovely stuff. Uh, well, absent anything else, I think it is about time for us to go down to the Cabin of Lies. I'm ready. <laughs> the Cabin of Lies! <laughs> Whoa, that was dramatic. It is dramatic. I'm like, you're, you're sort of doing themed caverns now, aren't you? <clears throat> yeah, the bit's evolving. Yeah. Uh, so this week it's a Matthew cavern. Mm. So uh, we are, well, I mentioned it outside the cavern, uh, but we find ourselves in the future. Uh, we find <gasps> ourselves in, in 2077, in fact, in Night City. Uh, the popular home of cyberpunk and um you are it's it's quite an odd it's quite an odd scenario you're 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 lining up on you're on a street corner and Mm. uh you've got an amazing party that you're trying to get to across town there's a giant um cyber disco (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh if only i still had that obnoxious soundboard just sound effect for that (laughs) Well, there's a cyber disco across town, and it's going to be like it's the party to end all parties, apparently. Um, Could you and... just say the party never stops for us, please, man? <laughs> the party never ends <laughs> uh, in the future, um, and you have to get a cab to get there. But the uh, the problem with the cabs in Cyberpunk, and I really hope I haven't already done this for a cavern of lies because it, <laughs> it's feeling familiar to me as I say it. Anyway, um, the problem with the cabs in in uh, Night City is they're all AI controlled, and the AI's gone a bit loopy. Um, so there are there are five deranged taxi cabs, kind of uh, in the area. Crazy and, taxis, you might say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and what you need to do is you need to uh, you don't want to get into a taxi that doesn't exist because that means you won't get to the party. <laughs> <laughs> This is so rubbish. <laughs> no, I, I really like that. Okay, you. so yeah, so you want to get an actual taxi <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get to the party. Those are the stakes, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, in the game, there is a famous mission where you have to go and collect and help out uh, a, a fleet of, of um, sort of insane taxi cabs. And uh, three of those taxi cabs, of the five, three of the taxi cabs appear in the game and have the ailments they have in the game. Two of them are fakes, and I need you to fire a cyber bazooka <laughs> into um, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> into the two fakes. Um, okay. I was going to do a whole bit that this was hosted um, by Tobias Beckford 4000, but... Um, <laughs> 
That's, oh. about, that's about as far as I got with the name. <laughs> okay. okay, so, so I'm going to describe some cabs, which three of these are in the game. So first up, we have the Northview cab. And uh, I should say that all these cabs, they're represented by like a, a face, like an AI head that changes based on the cab's personality. Um, so the Northview cab, his face is all blue and he's a very sad taxi cab. And when you encounter him, he's just driving loops of this one lonely roundabout because he's super depressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, to cheer him up, you need to drive him back to the taxi headquarters and make him feel safe along the way. So lots of clean driving. But occasionally he'll get really upset and slam on the brakes. And then you have to kind of like coax him back onto the road again. So that's that's taxi cab number one. Okay. That, I'm not sure about that one already. But uh, okay. let's keep going. Let's keep going. Next up we have the Badlands cab. Um, <laughs> and uh, this cab, when when you meet him... You don't see his face. It's all censored, and he's all gone a bit like haywire. And he demands that you get into the back before he deals with you. So you climb into the back of his cab, and then he talks to you as if he thinks he's from another world. Like he's completely lost his mind, this guy. Um, and he says all this strange stuff, like he says comprehension is a triple-edged sword, and it all, but it's all kind of like distorted and creepy. And um, you just have to like argue with him for a bit um, to get him to behave, and then drive him back to the headquarters. So, that's, so, so yeah. it's like interacting with an Elon Musk stan on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. But he's a cab. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have the Coast View cab. Uh, this one has, it's like a purple face. He looks a bit like a grape. Um, and when you meet up with him, he forces you to drive a full lap of Night City with him. And he's got this sort of god complex and keeps sort of ranting about how he owns the city or how he kind of built the city. And he has like, they've all got like robot voices and he's got the same kind of robot filter as the others. Um, but mm-hmm. under that filter, he is actually voiced by Mike Pondsmith, who is the creator of cyberpunk. So it's like a, you know, a riff on he built this city kind of thing. Oh, I see. Next up. We have the Rancho Coronado cab. Uh, this cab face, when you meet him, it's like strobing. It's like a sort of disco, light. not a disco ball, but like a, just a, a dance sort of club light. Um, and he just really wants a good time. And he asks you to accompany him to a nightclub while he sort of, uh, he like sings along to one of the fake pop songs in the games. Um, it's a song by Grimes called Delicate Weapon that he sings. Um, I wrote down the sample lyric. It goes, ooh, Delicate Weapon, ooh, War in Heaven. <laughs> but a bit more tuneful. Well, Grimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when you get to the club, of course he can't get in because he's a car, and that ends that storyline. So it's all very funny. Um, and the fifth cab is the Glen cab, uh, his face is like white and quite kind of um, sort of distressed looking. And he says he's feeling suicidal and he's going to like, he's, he's teetering on the edge of like this giant sort of, um, sort of abyss. There's like a giant sort of uh, like fault line uh, outside the city. He's sort of balancing on the edge of that. And you have to kind of talk him down and say like, you're a great cab, you know, your life's worth it um, to get him to go back to the headquarters. So those are the five taxi cabs. Hmm. Oh, that's a challenging old set, isn't it? So, so, so what was the last? So the last one was the the last one. So I'll I'll, talk, I'll go in very quickly. The first okay, one right. is a very sad taxi cab who just wants a safe drive home. The second one is a uh, a I wrote them in a different order to the way I wrote them. The second one is a weird alien. Uh, like obsessed taxi cab that you have to get in and kind of debate with him to get him to drive mm. home. Uh, the next one is uh, a Mike Pottensmith voiced taxi cab that makes you drive a lap of the city that he built. Uh, with a grapes face. <laughs> with a grapes face. He's got a big purple mm. head, that's right. Uh, not actually a grape. He's just per- like the face is bald. 
So it look that's why I said it looks like a grape. Don't imagine like an anime grape or anything. Okay. Um, I'm totally imagining that, but continue. <laughs> then we have a cab that wants to party and sings a very bad uh, grime song as you follow yeah. him around. And finally, there's a suicidal cab that wants to uh, drive off a cliff and you have to help him. Okay. You can ask any questions you want. <laughs> How long does it take to do a full lap of Night City? with a- Ages. Well, like 10 minutes. And you say it forces you. What happens if you disobey? Well, that it's a side mission, so it does cancel out, and then you'd have to go and find him again and do it again. I I don't think that one's real because I think there'd be news stories about Mike Pondsmith's cameo and stuff. They were. I don't, well, I yeah, but you you forget mm. we write or, or have written for a video game news website. Well, it's not my fault if RPS wasn't on top of the news. Oh. <laughs> Destroyed in seconds. <laughs> that's on you. That's not on me. Read Reddit more. I, that's what I say. I don't. Oh, <laughs> absolutely done. Um, I don't think. I I think that's one of the fake ones. I'm pretty sure. I like. I'm pretty sure that's one of the fake ones. And but that's where my certainty ends. I cannot pick out another one. Oh, they're two crimers. Yes, yeah, two crimers. Yeah. So you've got to fire a bazooka at two cars. You've each got a bazooka. And Gra- Grapo has to go. Grapo has to go. But then I don't know who would be the other fake one. Um... The Badlands <sighs> one sounds a bit bananas. I don't know, though. Like, comprehension is a triple-edged sword. Is that something Matthew would have come up with? Or is that... I don't know. That's just what Catherine's like all the time. The Grimes one, she is the sort of person that would write, like, would allow her song to be in. I'm almost certain I've heard those lyrics. Um, I I think maybe it's one of the the either the depressed suicidal cab or the the Northview cab that, cab that is blue and sad because those are two quite similar things I think it's the one that's sad I was the gonna, mega sad I was going to say I think it's maybe the mega sad one oh, mm. you've only got rockets for one or you could change your opinion on Mike Pondsmith cab and fire a rocket at both sad cabs. Stop Stop trying to leave us away. Because cause in games like this, it's always one of the duplicates that is a fake. <laughs> right? And Yeah, the, the mission sounded more believable for the sad cab. <laughs> I think the sad cab, because also the Northview sad cab is, it has got a blue face and... The Pondsmith cab has got a purple face, and I feel like that's a duplicate as well. So I, I think the colour was duplicated for Pondsmith cab, and I think the the depression was duplicated for the suicidal cab. That's my thinking on it. But mm. if you're going towards sad cab, Nate, then we can rocket sad cab. No, I think. Let's put the suicide cab out of its misery. Okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, who's who's going to shoot the Mike Pondsmith cab? I'll I'll do that one. Okay. Alice, I met him. He, he was very nice. <laughs> she steps up. She fires a rocket, and it passes right through the cab because it doesn't exist. I don't yeah. even know why you're trying to blow it up. <laughs> what a confusing concept. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you get to you keep sitting in a cab and off off you go to the cyber disco. Have Hooray! fun. Uh, oh, I'll see you there. Get me a drink. Yeah. Do so that's excited. He's going to be following behind you. Uh, he he steps up with his rocket. He fires it at the suicide cab, and the suicide cab explodes into a fireball no! oh, and screams Nate! because it oh. was real. At which point, uh, you hear a cackling and a burst of grimes as the singing oh. cab zips past you. Because uh, oh, it, no. it doesn't exist, so it doesn't do any of that. <laughs> oh, we didn't even look at the Grimes cab, really. Were the lyrics real, though? Yeah, that is a song from the game. She does sing. Yeah, she is in the game singing it, but there isn't oh. a party cab. Oh. See, I didn't think to 
interrogate it beyond that. What a fool I am. Oh, Matthew. So one of you gets to enjoy the cyber disco with Beckford 4000. Uh, (laughs) But Nate has to walk there and it'll take ages. And I'm apprehended by electricity cop on the way. You probably probably just fall through the floor of the world knowing that game. Sorry, uh, Nate. Oh, it's okay. Have fun. I'm not uh, better. Now, uh, get out of my cavern. Um, thank you very much for that cavern, Matthew. That was wonderful. <laughs> Thanks. Very high concept cavern, I liked it. Um, <laughs> Confusing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is the end of this week's uh, Electronic Wireless Show, episode 166, the best cars in games. Uh, and all that remains now is for us to do our recommendations, because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. So, Matthew, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I'm recommending a murder mystery novel um, that I'm currently reading by... Anthony Horowitz, uh, The Moonflower Murders. It is the follow-up to The Magpie Murders, which is a sort of... It's it's all a bit meta. It's like a series... The main character is a publisher of a series of murder mystery novels that are kind of like Poirot about a detective called Atticus Pund. Um, And... (laughs) Bless you. In both, in both books, there's like a lot. There's like a, a the, the the author of these books has hidden the solution to something in one of his novels, so that they're kind of a novel in a novel. It sort of flips ah. between the publisher investigating something, and then you read this quite uh, quite accurate kind of uh, sort of Agatha Christie kind of pastiche, and you have to try and like draw out the the meaning of one from the other. Um, and I really enjoyed Magpie Murders, and I'm really enjoying this one as well. Um, it's just like a very, if you're into like Poirot and Marple, it's just a really uh, well observed uh, version of those kind of stories. But I also like the weird meta layer to it. It's fun. Yeah, lovely. Uh, I am going to recommend, as aforementioned, I'm going to recommend the Toy Show, the Late Late Toy Show. Um, it is uh, so that everyone can watch it. It's uh, available on the RTE player uh, for free because um, usually it's locked just for um, uh, Irish TV viewers. But the, the Late Late Toy Show you can watch um, on Catch Up. Uh, and if by the time you hear this, cause I think it's available for the next couple of weeks, but um, you can also look up some of the best clips on YouTube as well. It's very heartwarming. It's a mix of like, yeah, kids... Uh, making a mess and not doing what they're supposed to do on live television. Um, they always have like a farmer kid on who really likes, you know, auctioning cows and whatever. Uh, they um, they will surprise some kids with like amazing holidays to Disneyland or whatever because they're brilliant. And then you've got, yeah, people like the DJ kid gurning away while his little brother hypes the crowd up and stuff. Really, really good. There was one kid who sang some opera this time. Uh, amazing, amazing stuff. Very, very highly recommended. The toy show. Um, Nate, what are you going to recommend this week? I'm going to recommend some utter <laughs> actually. Oh, um, great! Yeah. Uh, so there's I. I'm a fan of bad films, and I think there's a lot of miscomprehension goes on about the idea of things being so bad they're good. Like, I think, you know, really to be so bad it's good, something needs to be inept. Uh, But there's also a a rare kind of film that's a very designed kind of bad Mm. that I feel bodes kind of terribly about the future of our culture, but also is very entertaining. Uh, So I'm going to recommend Red Notice uh, starring The Rock, Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot, which I watched by accident because I clicked on the wrong thing on Netflix. I was wondering why my crocodile documentary had an incredibly long intro sequence about an egg being... And, and like a Fabergé egg being forged. Uh, and then by the time The Rock showed up, 
I was kind of sucked in and I ended up watching the whole thing and it was all right, actually. I mean, none of the plot points made any sense and stuff, but like it was all very deliberate. It was saying, you know, look, you're here to watch these very sexy men quip at each other for a while and yeah, and then feel uncomfortable about Gal Gadot's presence. Um, but yeah, it was, so, yeah. The, I, it was all right. So I've seen parts of the film and every bit I've seen of it, um, someone says the third egg, which I couldn't deal with. <laughs> See, I'm a big egg fan, so but like, but like that, the MacGuffin is called the third egg. I think it's a huge problem that it has to try and overcome <laughs> because a sexy person saying the third egg is just so inherently stupid. No, but that's what I love about it because, like, every few seconds, you've got the rock saying something like, "Give me the egg." <laughs> <laughs> For a man who finds eggs inherently very amusing, <laughs> there's a good time Even to be had Gadot there. can't say the third egg and make it sound sultry. <laughs> so. Throw me the egg now! You'll never have the third egg. If you smell a delicious egg cooking. <laughs> My The Rock impression is actually quite a lot better than my Anthony Hopkins one. <laughs> oh, a friend of the show, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> should you have... Give me the egg. Uh, I was going to say we should do a best MacGuffin one, but I think I'll put that down as a future uh, topic. Um, thank you very much, listener, for joining us for this episode 166 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, uh, the best cars in game special. This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast and the only podcast you need. Check out Rock Paper Shotgun on social media by uh, looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, and the YouTubes. Um, check out our merch, check out the Discord. Uh, and for all your PC gaming needs, check out www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, but for now, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. Uh, it's goodbye from Dave Audi. <laughs> goodbye. And it's goodbye from Bone and the Carbarian. What is best in life, cars? Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>